You talking to me? Yeah. Welcome to the Dave Squared Podcast. I'm David Kramer coming to you from Northern California. And I'm Dave Blasco from Arizona. Dave and I have been friends since the early 1980s when we were college roommates. And we finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world, or at least our opinions. Between us, we have two engineering degrees, two master's degrees, an economics degree, and over 60 years of work experience. And we're making this podcast together to try to help each other, and hopefully you, the listener, save some money. So, Mr. Kramer, what is today's topic? We have a special guest today, uh, a former coworker of mine, Pamela De La Cruz. And uh, Pam hosts a podcast of her own with two of her college friends. And it's in some ways the complete opposite of ours. It's uh, young women talking about adulting as opposed to uh, two old white guys talking about uh, what other people should be doing. So, <laughs> so welcome, Did Pam. Did you agree to come on our show? Welcome, Pamela. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I feel very welcome. <laughs> so uh, we got to make sure to plug uh, Pam's podcast. It is called The Adulting Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great podcast. I feel like um, it can help a lot of young people also going through the same boat as us. But we're just trying to like find a journey after college. And I feel like maybe this can help out somebody else. So yeah, just putting that out there. We'll have to put her uh, link in, in our uh, material, Mr. Kramer. Sure, we can do that probably. <laughs> Thank you. I feel there's a lot of people who are adults who are still trying to find that path to adulting, so it might be helpful yeah. for other people as well. Yeah, I know, especially nowadays with COVID. That's why we started this whole thing. I feel like a lot of people are trying to find some career path for themselves. So, mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one difference between the generations is using adult as a verb. <laughs> Could have sworn it was a, either a noun or a, an adjective, but... <laughs> Language changes. Slang. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I've been going through some uh, refresher courses on sales. And um, one thing that gets drilled into your head is uh, you don't know what your client wants. Your client knows what your client wants. So if our customer is uh, people looking for advice and it's uh, people, uh, hopefully young people included, young adults looking for advice on how to save money, Maybe we shouldn't just guess at what they need to know. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe we should ask somebody whether our uh, our product is of value. So that's kind of my overarching theme with having uh, Pam here. Um, we want to get her advice on our advice. How mm-hmm. can we help young adults and even pre-adults uh, without being condescending and annoying? Dave <laughs> and I each have two children. Uh, okay. Mine are both in high school, so younger than yours. Dave's are uh, a little older uh, and are, I'll say, finishing up school. But So we got you bracketed. They're in the same stage of life. Um, so quick, give me some advice to pass on to my uh, high schoolers. Um, I guess based on what you were saying, I would just be supportive and listen to what they need. You don't know what they're going through. You don't want to judge them for the decisions they want to make because sometimes kids have to make financial mistakes to learn the hard way that things don't work out the way they want. So I just would say just share the knowledge and skills you've learned to just guide in a positive direction. Yeah. Yeah, listening to teenage boys doesn't take very long. (laughs) I don't know. In a few words. (laughs) Lots of yes or no answers. (laughs) 
don't know. I feel like that's a different game. I know women are very open and want to talk about things, but guys, uh, maybe the yeah, they don't talk as much. <laughs> grunt, two grunts for yes and one grunt for no. Or yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so you are when you were you were at school up here in Northern California. Were you living at home while you were going to school, or were you uh, out on your own? No, I was living at home basically, and that was a lifesaver because I know how expensive it is in the Bay. But even living at home, you still have to watch your expenses. If because you yeah, you want to do something fun, you can't just like waste your money on things and then you're also living at home so you have to be mindful of your parents understanding what you're spending on mm. and so i don't know yeah just just try to save as much as you can because you don't know if something big could happen like covid yeah mm-hmm. and, and i know you worked all the way through school and are very responsible but now you're out on your own paying rent for the first time right yeah no yeah so i actually got my first place with me my fiance this is our first place together and it's actually been fun, but it's a lot more uh, intense financially. Like you have to understand that you can't take longer showers or you have to be mindful of the thermostat. There's a lot of little things that people don't think of, but it all adds up and you just have to be mindful of what you're spending on, you know? It's, it's interesting, Pam. You seem very introspectful, more so than maybe other uh, young persons your age that I've spoken with. Maybe oh, really? my own children, yes. Oh no, you can, that's probably what you think right now, but I can spend, <laughs> I can, I have some days where I'll go out and be like, oh, let's just go get a drink. And those drinks will turn into like a, a bill of like five, six drinks. <laughs> just like, just be, just have fun. Work how hard, long have you been hard. in your, um, how long have you been in your apartment? You moved, you, you said you moved from Northern California down to Southern California. Yeah, so I moved from Southern, from Northern California to Southern California in spring, and I stayed at my parents' house down here for a while, and then we moved into this apartment on Halloween. So it's been like two months, but we've moved apartments while we've been in here, so we actually upgraded to a larger unit. Okay, yeah. got mm-hmm. it. Were there any things that surprised you? I'm assuming you're, you were splitting expenses. Are there any yeah. surprises you've had or aha moments that you'd like to pass along to other folks in your same kind of stage of life? Uh, yeah, I would say like if you want to move out, this would definitely be the time to. I know it seems weird with COVID and everything, but there are actually a lot of good COVID specials because people aren't moving in. So they'll give you a really discounted rate on really nice apartments. So if you're wanting to look out, there are a lot of deals out there. So just be open to doing your research and finding something that works for you and your budget. That's interesting. My daughter is a little bit older than you are. Uh, she mm-hmm. lives in a pricey place in New York City, and she just redid her lease just bef- kind of before rent started going down for COVID. Oh, so yeah. I've reminded her multiple times that, hey, if you're going to stay there, and I'm not sure she will, yeah. when it comes time to renew, make sure that um, you drive some sort of bargain, if you will, because uh, yeah. there's a lot more occupancy in, say, New York. I read in the northern California area, a lot more occupancy and landlords are bringing prices down did um just out of curiosity did you guys get a lower rate or did you get like a free month or something like that yeah so we the special was um the longer the lease the bigger the discount and you can get that prorated either at the beginning you can either get like a free month or you can get it prorated throughout the entire duration of your lease so we did it throughout the entire duration so we have like a up to like 300 dollars off per month off of our market price lease Mm mm-hmm 
That's, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, that's nice. Well, that's a, that's a good tip. Certainly for anybody in this time, you can get a better deal in an apartment. Yeah, no, you really can. And then just be open. There's so many places that are doing this because they're trying to get people to move in because a lot of people are not trying to move because of COVID and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, Dave and I have both been married for a long time, so we haven't had to address this question for a while, but <laughs> you have a roommate who you're, is also your significant other, but you're not married yet. Have you guys combined your finances or are you each have your own? There's pluses and minuses to both. Yeah, there are pluses and minuses to both. Right now, we do have separate accounts, but we kind of act like we have combined finances. Like whatever we make, we share. We're not, we're not like, oh, I did this much, so I owe. I should take care of this amount. It, we're very open. We're just, we just want to both be there and supportive of each other. Mm -hmm. That's good. the The advantage of that is you have in your head kind of a running total of how much money you have. Yeah, and if you're both, uh, and and so does he. Um, mm -hmm. so it's much harder to accidentally overdraft, right? Yeah. If, if you think you have twice as much income and then you both try to spend twice as much, uh, you can accidentally bounce some checks. No. Yeah. Luckily I'm the spender and he is the saver. So it's a good balance. Like we're never trying to overspend. It's I'm pretty mindful because of what he's taught me. Like I used to like, what is this? I used to, um, what's that word? Where you, oh, impulsive buy. I would um, like impulsively buy a lot, but he's taught me like, do you really need that? Do you want to buy that? Or are you just buying that just to buy it? So I just have learned so much about saving from him and like being mindful of the money that we make. So, yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Do uh, Pam, do you handle all the finances or does he, or how do you guys split that? Well, we both have our own bills, so we take care of them separately, independently. But when it comes to like rent and stuff, we do it together and we split it and like divide up costs that way because it should always be equal. Mm -hmm. Interesting, because what I at least what I found, Dave and I talking, you know, together. Sometimes one half of the couple doesn't like messing with that stuff, so it kind of defaults <laughs> to one person handling all the kind of financial affairs. That's so interesting. I know. Yeah, I've heard that. But luckily, like, we're a really good team. We do everything together. No no one ever has to feel like they take one role. We both share it. Ah, mm -hmm. how cute. <laughs> I, I know. Think, I think nice. that's good. I think that's good because you're both are well-versed in what's going on financially. Um, yeah. Because when one person takes the lead on it, sometimes the other person just doesn't have a sense of of um, the finances. Yeah, I've seen that, too, with my friends. And I'm like... Uh, maybe you guys should communicate and like talk to each other about these things. Cause I'm hearing two different sides of the store when it comes to spending and all that. So yeah, just, just be community, like just communicate a lot. So this, uh, you've just moved into the apartment. Has anything else caught your attention? You know, just being out on your own, like, wow, I didn't think of this thing or this, that thing. Um, I guess. Nothing comes to mind. The biggest step for us was just getting our own place because we've been together for almost seven years. So we've done so okay, much gotcha. together. Yeah. So I feel like right now, the biggest milestone that we've done was definitely make the move to jump. And this was a great step. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you bought a couch yet? That's always uh, a couple things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. We bought a couch. Our house actually looks like an apartment, like a home. We have our own desk. We have stations. We have it all. We even have a real Christmas tree. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. I think uh, when I was your age, I think the thing that struck me was um, car insurance. Oh, and depending yeah. on your car insurance, some of it can be paid by the month. Some of it 
the insurance company wants a six month payment right away. And for whatever reason, I had a six month payment right away. So that was one of the things that struck me about your age was, oh, I better save some money aside from cash flow purposes because I have this big bill that comes due every six months was a sizable chunk of money. Have you come across anything like that where it's like, oh gosh, I didn't, this bill surprised me or I have to think about covering a big bill every so often? Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I haven't thought about it yet, but in the next coming year, I'll be paying back my student loans. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's a big chunk. And so I have to start gauging my money towards that too. But I can totally relate with the big payment. Like I would never think that I would have to pay for a, a, a year long subscription or year long bill for my dog's my dog's insurance. Mm-hmm. But it's so important. And I feel like that's coming up soon. So I have to prepare for that too. <laughs> Yeah, that was just for me way back in the day. That was a key learning. Um, you know, you talk about insurance, a car insurance was a big thing. You know, nowadays, I guess, uh, just got the bill yesterday for the home insurance, and typically, homeowners insurance is paid once a year, mm-hmm. or you can split it into payments. I just typically pay it once a year, but it's a, it's a big chunk at one time. Mm-hmm. So, I think for folks starting out, you have to think about those kind of things and make sure that you're setting, setting something aside so that when those big kind of lumpy bills come that you got money in the bank, but it sounds like you, you and your uh, significant other have that kind of figured out. Yeah. We're always mindful of the bills that we're going to have and like the payments we need to make. So we always make sure we have more than enough to cover anything that could happen, especially if like nowadays you don't know who can have a job or who can lose a job. So it's just better to be prepared than not. I moved to California. I was in my early thirties, I guess. So I'd, I'd already been, on my own for 10 years, but I was still surprised when you rented an apartment here, which was overpriced to start with, <laughs> insisted on first, last, a full month of security and uh, a credit check. And like, yeah. oh, this is a big check. I was uh, I was surprised by that. No, yeah, that definitely took me back to when I first moved into this apartment, they asked for like security deposit, pet deposit, first month's rent for and then like parking for that month, it, it adds up fast. And you don't expect that when you're moving in because you're so excited. But yeah, you if you want to move, be prepared to like drop a chunk of change. <laughs> yeah, it felt like as much as a down payment. Then I went to yeah. buy a house in California. It wasn't even close. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so your, uh, your co-host on the adulting podcast, are they mm-hmm. still up in uh, Northern California or are they down by you now? No. So they're actually both still in the Bay Area. One's in Morgan Hill and the other one is in Milpitas, but making the move to San Francisco. So yeah, they're both still up there. Do you guys have a producer or does one of you do the editing, et cetera? Yeah, so we actually take turns editing. I'm usually the one editing the podcast, but I had to give it a, give, hand it off to my co-host because i've been busy so she'll take over but we're all pretty open on like doing it how about you guys do you guys who produces or oh kramer does all the technical side (laughs) you're just there and you talk right (laughs) of course i'm just the good looking talking head there you go that's fun there always has to be one (laughs) blasco is the talent (laughs) oh my gosh so how long has this podcast been going on? Did you guys just start this recently? No, this will be, we've got over 40 episodes up. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I think we've been releasing about every couple of weeks. We've been doing this for like a year and a half, pretty close. That's to yeah, awesome. at least. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I know. So I'm I was gonna, like, Oh, go ahead. 
I was going to say, I'm interested in your adulting podcast. Um, uh, could you share some, maybe some recent advice that you, you've given folks? Yeah. So when we first started the podcast, we all graduated without jobs. <laughs> like we, I was supposed to have a job, but that didn't, it didn't end up working. And then the other girls didn't have a full-time offer because of the economy, of course. So we started that podcast to like basically chronicle, chronicle our journey through adulting and finding like going through the interview process, how we found jobs, how we reached out to recruiters, um, the process of us making and negotiating an offer and doing stuff like that. So it was, there's a lot of good content there. It's just, we haven't had the time to edit it and put it up yet. It just takes a while. So yeah, we, add, we try to upload every few weeks too. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm a little behind. So we're yeah. recording this right before Christmas, 2020. So hopefully our listeners will get to hear it before Christmas, 2021. <laughs> I know. Yeah. The same for us. We have content from months ago and we are barely editing it now that's why we try and keep our advice timeless <laughs> there you go same with us yeah <laughs> so for your podcast have you guys done more like have you guys do you guys interview a lot of guests how is it or is it just mainly you guys talking talking towards each other have you it's, done any uh, like challenges kramer's brought all the guests we usually do guests maybe about one every five or six podcasts but it's mainly us just talking and uh we generally stick to financial topics saving money but we'll branch off a little bit into politics as well so That's yeah. Awesome. yeah eventually it's gonna get us in trouble but <laughs> the politics runs bring the hate mail right <laughs> luckily kramer does all the technical stuff so he's handling the emails too oh wow you guys have a great fan base already. <laughs> Massive fan base. <laughs> family members. That's how it is for us too. It's all it's just our family and then anyone who sees it on social media and that's it. Well, Dave and I like to listen to each other talk and we're not sure whether the rest of our family does. So <laughs> it all works out. They can listen to it at one and a half speed if they want to get through it faster. There you go. <laughs> So any, any job searching tips? Job searching tips, just be open-minded. You know, the market's really tough right now. Um, I would say use LinkedIn. LinkedIn's a great source. It's a great tool. I feel like people, I feel like that's the easiest way to get a job nowadays, to be honest. Um, definitely pay for the premium because with the premium, you get the ability to send recruiters like um, personal messages. And I feel like that helps you get your foot in the door faster than you just sending off your resume and a cover letter. Hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. did you do interviews uh, like online when you were looking for this role? Yeah. So I had a couple of phone interviews and then we had an, a Zoom interview too. And I feel like that's how a lot of companies are doing it nowadays because you can't go into the office. But I feel like that also takes away the nerve of interviewing because at least you're in the comfort of your own home and you just have to prepare that you have great Wi-Fi, like prepare to have good Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's it. Mm -hmm. So have you met your coworkers in person yet? Or are you 100% remote? No. So we're actually 100% remote. Um, I know my CEO and my director are here in Los Angeles, but everybody else is like all across the US. Like we have some people in Texas, we have people in Washington, I have somebody in Minnesota and we're all just working together. Wow. Yeah, remotely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It you said you were working for a company that it's in the business of something having to do with artificial intelligence. 
Yes. So yeah, so we're actually the company itself is a data management and consulting company, but they just created this new product that's supposed to help with uh, risk mitigation and fraud detection. So it takes all of your data and it puts it into a system and you basically it uses AI and machine learning to catch any of these anomalies or outliers, anything that looks kind of suspicious and helps you flag it. So then you can see what you can do to like either address this potential fraud situation or help you like increase your like business producti- productivity because of it. Yeah. And those, those it's geared towards businesses. So yeah, we're working, we're trying to target more towards like businesses, like the healthcare industry, the insurance industry, and like the finance industry. Okay. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at maybe billing ish, b- billing errors or things that look strange with billing to catch fraud, something like that. Would that be a case use? Yeah, exactly. So okay. like billing, credit card transactions, people who like quality of care. So I'll give you an example. So a big thing that's been happening with COVID has been like fraud and telehealth. So you know how a lot of hospitals are going into um, online appointments and like things like that. Yes. So there have been actually a lot more cases of people um, conducting fraud where it's like somebody who doesn't have health insurance will use somebody else's account and poses them and get the care that they need, even though they don't have the insurance. Um, and so that's that's illegal. So we try to flag those situations. Um uh, but yeah, it's it's a big industry, but this this product will really help a lot of companies save a lot of money and time. Interesting yeah. that 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 uh, use of trying to be somebody else. I never had thought about that with respect to telehealth. Yeah, it's interesting. And then also, like a lot of doctors will set up appointments. Not a lot of doctors, but there have been some cases where doctors will set up appointments and they're fake. And so they get paid for these appointments and then, um, yeah. So oh, wow. So that you're catching fraud on the doctor's side where they're f- basically f- false billing. Yeah, exactly. So it goes both sides on the payer side and the person, the patient side and all that stuff. Mm. It's great. Interesting. It mm. seems like it would be awkward uh, doing identity theft for telehealth, right? Like, huh, yeah. you don't look like a 74-year-old woman. Like, well, what advice would you give me if I was a 17-year-old Ukrainian male? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know nowadays. People can catfish anyone. <laughs> so, do you think it's your product that makes my credit card not work when I stop in Fresno to buy gas? Possibly, it could be. <laughs> we just want to help you, like, not get your identity stolen. You know. <laughs> I'm trying to get out of Fresno as fast as I can. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, you're out in Fresno right now? No, no, but I've had like been in Willits or Fresno or Bakersfield driving somewhere on a road trip and I stop for gas and it, it, oh, it I don't think it's me, right? Yeah. Because uh, you're not your normal spot. Mm-hmm. Right. And they'll call you on your cell phone and you're trying to pump gas and like, oh, I got an 800 number. It's probably the Chinese embassy calling me to tell me that my, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my visa has been revoked. Yeah. See, yeah. That's the anomaly. That's like, because you're in such a different area that it's getting flagged that you're in suspicious. This is not your normal pattern of behavior. So it flags it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how did, do you have benefits through work? Yeah, I do. Yeah. How did so, that, how was that? Um, was that the first time you've had to choose benefits through work? 
Yeah, so I've always wanted to work for a company that had really good health benefits and benefits like that. So luckily, this company pays for everything and covers it completely 100%. So yeah, that's, that's another piece of advice I would say to anybody else who's looking for a job, make sure they can take care of you, mm-hmm. <laughs> take care of your possible your potential family as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, you uh, said you have no, no co-pays for um, healthcare. Wow. That's uh, pretty unusual. And to today, I mean, I, I would generally with my old company, we'd pay about a third or so of the, of the bill, the company would pick up a couple of thirds. So it was still a significant amount of money. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, luckily this company pays for them a hundred percent. They really do care about their employees and just want to make sure they're okay. So that was a good mm-hmm. blessing in disguise. <laughs> So I, I maybe a tip for young people is to take a look at those benefits because they're a significant portion of really your compensation. It's really mm-hmm. staggering. You look at healthcare benefits, whether it's healthcare or dental. Um, I'm assuming you maybe probably get some sort of life insurance along mm-hmm. with the like job. A- those things can really add up. So comparing benefits, I think is important too when you look at a job, not just the uh, base pay. Yeah, exactly. Like there's more than more to a job than just the salary it's going to pay. You have to look at the benefits, the things they're going to offer you, like a 401k and stuff like that. If they have stocks, anything like that, anything that you can get out of it, just see what's the most, the most you can get out of it. You know, you have, your company has a 401k plan. Yeah. Do they do mm-hmm. any match? Do they do any matching for you? Yeah, I think it's like a four percent match. That's a mm-hmm. that's a nice chunk of change. So th- just advice to our listeners is benefits are a big deal, especially if you can get your company to match on your 401k. That's a really nice um, benefit. So contribute. Mm -hmm, Yeah. And then you'll thank yourself later in life once you see it, because it's like, oh, it's taking away money now, but that money will add up and it'll save you later on in life, especially for your retirement and stuff like that. Uh, I try and advise our interns, for instance, that they should, before they graduate, try and take at least one accounting course, financial accounting. Mm -hmm. And if they have time, managerial accounting, which isn't as much fun. (laughs) But um, the theory is, no matter whether you want to be an accountant or not, uh, you're going to hopefully have some money to invest and you'll want to uh, buy stock. And to do that, you should know a little bit about financial accounting. And even if you go into marketing or you become a graphic artist at some point in your life, you hope you're going to be the boss and then you're going to have to know managerial accounting because you're going to have to pay people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're fresh out of school. <laughs> what would you tell freshman Pam? You know, you really should take this. I think for freshman Pam, I would agree. It would take definitely some sort of finance or accounting class because you should learn how to do numbers because that'll save you later in life. Um, but there's so many business courses that are very helpful and beneficial. And I think accounting is definitely one of them because you do learn a lot about how to spend your money, how, how money is budgeted and things like that. So I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you guys? What would you tell your younger selves about what classes to take? Hmm. (laughs) What would I tell my younger self? Um, going to computer science, uh, Oh, yeah, that's a big issue right now. Computer science or like data science, anything with computers and tech. Yeah, um, I think it's important to be interested in what you're studying so you you finish. Um, so I think it'd be passionate about what you're 
studying would be the advice that I give, but I think taking basic accounting class would be good as, as Kramer says, or even a finance class to understand some of those basic concepts I think would be good as, would be good uh, as well. Mm-hmm. I agree. I remember being in my uh, early thirties and taking uh, working on a project for a public relations firm and they had their uh, groundbreaking. It was a remodel project, but they had all their employees there. And I would say it was eh, 25 young women and two, two guys I'm like, well, what am I doing in engineering? Right. I should tell five sons. I should tell them to go into public relations because <laughs> that's how you meet women. <laughs> Pardon for so- my cis normative uh, point of view. <laughs> that's so funny. Cause when I was young, I was like, Oh, I'm going to be, uh, I actually took engineering. I actually started out in engineering and I was like, Oh, I'll be like the only girl in this all men's class. And I was <laughs> for a long time. So it was, yeah, just do whatever makes you happy. It'll be fine. <laughs> All right. So we've gotten away from this recently, but we used to try and have a segment uh, called Dave's Staves because we're cheap and it rhymes. And the idea is to get uh, one of us, or when we have a guest, a guest to give us a little tiny tip on how to save money, something that uh, you do that saves a couple of pennies or a couple of dollars or a couple of thousand dollars that, uh, other people might not know about. So, you, oh, go ahead. No, what do you got for us, Pam? I would just say use user-friendly budget apps. Um, you know, things are so easy to manage nowadays with the technology we have in our phones. So I love to use this app called Mint, and it basically is a tool that links your banking and credit information into a centralized app, and then it categorizes your spending. And it just shows you like what you spend the most money on, and it tells you what upcoming bills you have. So it'll like, it'll just show you like all the money you have in one place. And it's just so easy because back in the day, I would never look at my banking or credit card statements. But if I have it in an app, it like tells me, oh, you're spending way too much on this. Maybe we should cut down and do that. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. So what um, I tried to do is that a few years back, what category surprised you and made you adjust your habits? Definitely shopping. (laughs) Shopping is like my biggest thing is like, if you get me like, especially with Amazon, it's so easy to just click and buy and add it to your cart because you're going to get it there in like two days. But yeah, spend shopping has definitely been my bad category for sure. Mm-hmm. But you must have had some savings since you don't have to buy skirts or pants or shoes anymore. Just blouses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is nice. Definitely don't have to get dressed up for the office anymore, but still I'm spending way more things on like, I'm spending a lot more on like workout clothes and things that I like to do at home, but it's fine. (laughs) It's for the, it's, it's great. (laughs) That's good advice. Uh, You know, to track, track some kind of tool mint mint. That's a really Mm -hmm. good advice for folks to do to, to get a handle on where's it going. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, or even like, finding or just like checking your credit card statements once in a while because that sometimes I know I'll just be like chiching 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 but I'm like oh wait nope let me check how much money I've been spending oh, and I'm like oh crap nope always be below like 30% of your balance too like that's a great tip I have never go beyond 30 more than 30% of your credit card balance oh I didn't know that so that's a that's a red flag for uh, um, uh, fraud or for just uh, affecting your credit score 
Uh, for an effective credit score. So that's actually something I learned when I was like 17. And my friend told me like, yeah, when you get a credit card, even though you have like this ginormous limit, never go beyond 30% of it and you'll be fine. And since then, I've always had great, great credit. Wow. That's a good mm-hmm. tip. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, do make big monthly payments if you can. Never do them bare minimum. I always try to do more. <laughs> mm-hmm. So as a fraud professional, though, does it give you pause to let Mint know, have access to your bank account and your credit card accounts? Yeah, um, uh, I think it's okay. Like, I haven't had any flag, red flag situations, but I know with any like app that uses their banking or credit card information, it's scary. But I feel like things nowadays are so secure. Like, they probably encrypt it so much that like people can't hack into it. <laughs> Great. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for your time today. This was very enlightening. Um, Thanks, Pam. We'd love to have you back on again some other time um, as our, uh, you could be our, our consultant for things young because our kids won't come <laughs> on the show. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I would love to come back. And I think my, my other co-hosts would love to join in on this too, because they're, they are all about business and like learning how to become a better adult. So it'd be great if you could host all of us. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe we could have a debate format. Oh, yes. Yes. The youth and the adult. (laughs) That'd be great. (laughs) All right. Well, I really appreciate this. And um, uh, keep an eye on your feed uh, for this very special episode. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. Bye now. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.